0: I want to go to Psalm 22, and we're going to read verses 13 through 22 together today. We don't ever do this like this, and you know this, but I feel impressed with the Lord to do this this way. And so, uh, as we read this together, I want you to think about just how much Jesus loves you today. This is the psalmist David who was just pinning down a psalm to the Lord, but this is also a prophetic word that would take place many, many years later. Together, and I want you to read out loud. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a pot shred, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly I will praise you and the church said amen amen God bless you and you can be seated we started for a couple of weeks now talking about the humility of Jesus Christ And again, I'm going to repeat a few things. Humility, people don't even want to hear about humility because it's not flashy, it's not uh, self-gratifying, and it's not uh, popular at all. But two weeks ago, we started talking about how Jesus was the best example you'll ever hear about when it comes to humility. He left a heaven that we can't even describe. The Bible says we don't even have the vocabulary, we don't even have the mental capacity to understand what heaven really looks like, uh, how it is carried out, what goes on. We, we, the half has not been told. And the Bible tells us that Jesus knew what he was coming to and he had to humble himself to leave heaven to come to this earth to a completely flipped upside down situation. Everything great and grand and glorious to everything gory. I mean everything. It started out gory, folks. It started out with animals and animal feces and animal urine and um, just the some of the worst conditions a baby could ever be born in that's what Jesus humbled himself to leave and to come to and again he could have said well why do I have to do it after all I'm equal after all they're not gonna like me after all it's gonna be a lot less than what I'm used to after all they will not embrace me and You could go after all, all day long and all week long. But Jesus did that. And we talked about not only how humble he was to come, but also when he came in his humility, he stayed humble. He he just was not humble for a short-term mission, but he stayed humble from the time he left until the time he came. And when he got here, He didn't have any requirements at all. He didn't say, well, now it was a bumpy landing and I really didn't like those animals being in there. I really didn't like not being able to sleep because of noise and the smell and the stench. He didn't have any requirements. In fact, when he got older, when he was a teenager, he still yet required nothing. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give serve and give serve and give serve and give that don't last long with us you know that amen there there needs to be some get and some me in there somewhere amen yep that's the way we live that's our culture it's laid out for us and sadly to say it's no different in the body of Christ what about me Serve, give, serve, give, serve, give. That's the requirements Jesus had. And it had nothing to do with himself. It had everything to do with me, and it had everything to do with you. But now that Jesus lived on the earth for 30 years, and then he began his earthly ministry, he still remained humble. In fact, he was humble to leave. He was humble enough to have no requirements. But today, I want to tell you that he was humble enough to stay. You know, a lot of times we get into situations and we get into environments that are not pleasant. And it starts challenging us or testing us or requiring more of us. And we'll say things like, I didn't sign up for all of this. Or that's kind of the, that's the end of the road for me. And see this is where all of us really need online I really need you to pay attention today I realize that you are more apt to have more distractions than people in the house I want you I feel led to ask you to pay attention we 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 forget many many times when we live in the me and my culture that this environment that we get into sometimes will cause us to draw a line in the sand and we'll say, again, I, I can't, that's it for me. That's the end of the road. Again, my, not my cup of tea and I I, I can't do that. That, that. That's that's not my pay grade or something like that. So, and you get the gist of what I'm saying. But the whole time Jesus was here, he never got to a point place where the mindset of the man that did something he did not have to do it never left from giving and serving never and humility will do that for you church humility will keep you rooted and grounded in your mission that God has given each and every one of you humility will do that for you humility seems like a bad thing But humility is one of the greatest spiritual blessings you can learn in this world. Is being humble because if it were not important, Jesus would not have warned that. Jesus would not have practiced that. Jesus would not have displayed that. And that's why he said again, I came not to do anything but to serve and to give. And see, when you get there, then like I've already said this morning, you can know the presence of God. You can dwell in the presence of God and you can benefit. And I don't have outline points for you to write down today, but you really need to remember these things. But you can also enjoy the benefits of the presence of God. That's coming from somebody that's willing to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due season, he will lift you up. He will exalt you. He did it for Joseph. All of those mistreatments. But when the time was right, when the famine hit the land that God used him to prophesy and tell Pharaoh about, then God exalted him. God raised him up. And his brothers had to come and see that what he had told them years prior to this really was not really Joseph speaking, but this was God telling of what would happen to them and to the rest of the world. And you see, it takes a lot of tuning out in order to tune in to what God says to do. You have to block it out. You have to fight like I, I said in the prayer before coming out here today You have to fight And cut everything off If you're going to draw limits And you're going to say no This is God's protected time You know God challenged me yesterday I began praying My heart was heavy about so many things And I'm telling you I am at the point of almost just being Spiritually overwhelmed Because I, I don't even have a number to tell you of needs or problems or situations or hurts or diagnosis and I know that this goes with the the job that I have but I'm telling you folks there is nothing that will correct what's going on in our lives and in this world. Jesus, when he was on the cross was an unimaginable thing that Isaiah was writing about and he endured not only physical pain, the Bible says emotionally Jesus can identify with every person at any level in this room or online or that you can call out. The Bible says in in John chapter 1 verse 10 that Jesus was in the world and though the world was made through him, meaning he spoke, said let there be light and there was light and though he made the world and the world was made through him the world did not even recognize him he even verse 11 says he came unto his own and his own we're talking about his blood relatives earthly relatives his own half brothers he came unto his own his own neighbors his own citizens in his town and in his country. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. You see, Jesus knew about humility, and he knew that when his flesh was challenged or his pride or maybe the attempt to cause him to be prideful would be called in or even tempted, that he would still have to remain humble he knew he was the son of God he knew that he spoke and there was life he mo- he knew that he was part of the team that said let us make man in our own image and breathe in the nostril of Adam and he became a life-breathing soul he knew all of that and he had to sit there and take rejection and 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 refusal and people hating him and mocking him and lying about him to his face he had to take that and remain humble through all of it not a hard thing not a hard thing to do you might say he's the son of God no he was made in the same flesh as you are the likeness of man he he left that glory there you see but he came down here just like me and you he was tempted just like me and you He was tried in all ways and shapes, just like me and you. He knows what it feels like to be falsely accused. He knows what it feels like to be blasphemed. He knows what it feels like for people that ought to love you the most, hate you the most, and have it out for you the most. Jesus Christ knows this, and his response every time was humility. Many times, you can read in this Bible right here, he never even tried to defend himself. He didn't do it. The Bible says that when Jesus later on, and I talked about it two weeks ago, made a reference to it, that out of all the animals that Jesus identified with and he chose to identify with, I believe with all my heart, was when he come on the earth scene and he was surrounded by, yes, we know, camels and probably sheep because shepherds were there, but he also was surrounded by donkeys, the lowliest of animals. He came into this world, and a donkey was what he chose to have around him. The Bible says that when he was paraded through the streets, he was riding on the back of a donkey as they waved palm branches and said, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lord. So he identified his whole life was marked with humility he kept humble objects like a donkey around him jesus wanted to make it clear i'm here to serve and to give and he knew that he had to clothe himself 24 7 in humility He could have asked for a horse to be paraded through town if he was going to be treated like a king. And he was the king of kings and the lord of lords. And that's prophecy being fulfilled when they brought him down through the street. But he knew that humility had to be the thing that people identified him by in order for him to do what God had called him and placed him and allowed him to do for the human race. He chose to be humble and so while he was humble listen to just a few of the things that I jotted down that Jesus still held high the banner of humility He was sought out by Herod before he had a chance to even really walk. All the boys under two years of age were all killed, the male children. He was sought out by Herod. He was rejected by a religious community. He was disbelieved by his own family. He was unappreciated by all the people who were healed and fed by him. Most of the people never stopped to say, thank you, Jesus. How can you say that? Well, we know one leper did one time, and there was a couple of other instances. Where people did praise him But five thousand were fed But the Bible says there was five hundred That saw him at one time When he was resurrected From the dead when he arose from the grave Five hundred where's the other Forty five hundred and he fed Thousands on more than one occasion So people that benefited from his ministry wanted to eat and wanted to be healed and wanted things to change in their life they did not even appreciate him after all he had done for them he was abandoned and denied by his closest followers he watched a murderer be chosen instead of himself he was falsely accused he was mocked he was rejected they spat upon him they beat him they whipped him a thorny crown punctured his skull he was nailed to a cross he was made of he was hung on a cross in front of the crowd naked and also he witnessed his father turn away from him and look the other other way as he took the weight of the world of sin on his shoulder God could not look at his own son he went through all of this and he stayed humble through all of this and I'm telling you church it did start from leaving heaven down to a manger. But there was a day when it would go to a cruel cross where he would bleed blood. It turned red. It turned red. The Bible says that he even prayed just hours before he was crucified in his prayer and was like sweat was like drops of blood and then that blood would not only come through praying but later on it would come when he was on a cruel cross and as they nailed him to a cross All of the flesh was already Taken pretty much off of his body And you could count the bones As the prophet had already said You could count his bones No flesh there There was nothing beautiful to look at People had to turn away And the blood of Jesus continued to pour out Not from just the nails In his hands But all the meat ripped from his back And from his legs And from plucking his beard out By their hands And watching his face swell and all of the blood come pouring out of his body and he did all of this. It went from a manger that we all talk about at Christmas but it went to a cross and Jesus did this not only so your sins and my sins could be washed away but so we could learn from the master himself that you've got to pay a high price to be humble if you want to benefit a dying world that's on their way to hell and you have to do it through blood Sometimes, I don't know about you, but everywhere you look this Christmas, you see a red sweater, you see a red uh Poinsettia you see red Christmas lights you see red ribbon. Oh, it's beautiful And I'm not telling you not to decorate or not to admire it But I am telling you you need to go back 2,000 years ago to a cross because the blood of Jesus Christ was shed so that you could sit in this church and know that there really is an afterlife and there is a Place called heaven and there is a place called heaven with a great cloud of witnesses. It was wasn't done through just playing church or walking around with all kind of things on my mind that I let occupy my mind more than Jesus and going home but it was done with a high price and Jesus said I did this so you could have life you could have it more abundantly but I did it so you could have everlasting life you wouldn't be bound for hell you wouldn't be in bondage while you live on this earth I did it so you could have life i gave my life and i did it through being humble and that's all i'm asking you to do give your life even if it requires your blood that's what jesus is asking you see when you don't allow the blood of jesus to completely wash you i'm telling you and i've already told you a little bit things will compete for your mind being on Jesus Christ. Things, bad things, good things, unfortunate things, happy things will all compete. And the more my mind is on things and this world and the less it's on the blood of Jesus and how he washed my sins away, that ought to be the thing that bombards my mind every day that I live that's the only thing that's going to get me to heaven church I ought not to put up with all kind of things demanding my time and my emotions and putting me in places pitting me this way pitting me that way or making me feel obligated financially to this or that the thing that ought to have me by the toenails every day is the fact that Jesus left heaven so I could be saved and he did it with his blood and he had to be humble in order to do it. That's what the Bible tells me. The Bible tells me that without the shedding of blood, yep, in a manger, he came in a manger, but you got to understand, without the shedding of blood, There is no remission of sin. You see, humility will require some of us to pray until we're bleeding. Humility will require me to get to a place where there's nothing more important in my life than seeing victory in your life. See, that's good Christian living right there. And I want to tell you in the name of Jesus, there's all kinds of things competing for that in the church today. There's all kinds of things that wants that kind of devotion and sacrifice, and it's getting at church. Jesus is getting robbed. We'll decorate, and we'll party, and we'll gift give, and I'm all for that. We'll do all these things, but we'll let this roll on by. We'll let it roll on by. We need to understand that Jesus left heaven enough and he was willing to do it because you meant more to him online you meant more to him than just staying there and being with the father you meant more to him and I'm telling you we've got to arrive at that place before the trumpet sounds or you know what we're going to do in 2022 We're going to come to church and we're going to go home. We're going to come to church and we're going to go home. We're going to talk about the news. We're going to talk about everything else. We're not going to talk about the blood of Jesus. We're going to talk about Fauci. We're going to talk about variants. We're going to talk about the stock market. We're going to talk about supply chain. We're going to talk about how bad education is. We're going to talk about. We're going to talk about there's no chips for a new car I want. We're going to talk, 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 and we're going to keep doing that until we die or The rapture comes back, but we're not going to mention what Jesus did for us. Oh, no, that's not that big of a deal. All the things in the world's a much bigger deal, and God's calling the church back to himself. He's calling the church to be holy once again. He's calling you to sell out and love him more than you love yourself and everything about so that he can bring all the remnant together so that he can rapture us home. And I believe that's the way it's going to look. Many are called, but few are chosen. That bothers me, and I said it, that bothers me worse than anything. That bothers me. I don't want my family left. I don't want my church family left. I don't even want people that did me wrong when I was in business. I don't want people left. And I'm not going to go into a long spiel here, but I'm telling you, church, people will be saved during tribulation. People will be saved, many people. Possibly one of the greatest revivals, the greatest revival, many believe will happen when the rapture takes place. When the two witnesses are here preaching, the people that sat in churches week after week the people that were raised in churches they knew they knew about Jesus they knew the story but they didn't know him enough to really want to be like him they gazed at him they did all the right things and those are people are going to say oh my word oh my goodness, it's happened, it's happened, I'm left, I'm left, and I can't do justice right here, but I don't know what to do now, I'm left, I thought I was saved, but there again, I, you know, I was busy with, with this, that, and I, You know all that stuff's gonna come back home to hone a lot of people and folks I want to tell you this I don't want anybody in here people listening I don't want you to be confused about tribulation Jesus bled Jesus was humble so you would not be left here you would not have to be left here during tribulation and I don't want people to be under a false Assumption, well, I'm saved because it's straight, it's narrow, and nothing, nothing is allowed in heaven, nothing, not lying, people always want to talk about like homosexuality and abortion or, but all these things are wrong, but nothing, not lying, not abortion, Not homosexuality not embezzlement not cheating not adultery not not anything not doing you right shunning you having bitter feelings against you doing something that I know I ought not to do putting something in, in front of my my devotion in the morning reading Deciding whether or not I'm going to go to church today or not. Deciding whether I'm going to send my children to be involved in the things that the church has provided. You see, all of these things God's going to judge people on. And people don't realize this. I asked Joe this morning, I said, Joe, because Joe was raised the same way I was. And we pretty much are on the same page on just about everything. I said, Joe, did you ever think that the church would look like this right before the rapture is going to occur? He said, I didn't. I said, did you ever think the church would look like this? And and I'm I'm not going for a full building. I told you today, I don't care if another person comes to this. I, I want what we have to be holy. I want what we have to be right. I want what we have to be pure and consistent and preferred. That's what God wants. I don't care about 7,000 people or 400. I I don't care about that anymore. I want every one of y'all to be on fire for God and knowing you will go to heaven when you die. That's what the pastor wants. Now, I used to get emotionally... uh, charged when a lot of people were here and then I would get uncharged when a lot of people weren't here but see God's helped me with this I realized that heaven's real the rapture's real and and I realized that especially in light of almost 2 years now that so many signs in not just in what's happening in the world but I mean even in the sky itself sign after sign after sign has been provided and that's what our, our short conversation was it's like people that have grown up in the faith can't even discern and see the signs and that's why the Lord says straight is the gate and narrow is the way and few there be that find it but I did this in your name I did that in your name I did this I did that I helped them and that's first Corinthians 13 by the way but Jesus said, I, I never knew you. You were a worker of iniquity. You, you wasn't humble. You didn't do that for the right reason. And only those people that understand, I've got to be holy. I, my mind has to be, you know, we're about to go into a season of fasting. But my mind, God help our minds to go on a fast this year. And refuse to let anything, I don't let things occupy my mind. And what I was going to tell you earlier. It's yesterday when I was praying I I, I was working on something well, I, I was working on that door I told y'all about and my phone was there and um, I said and I was I started to I was praying and I didn't want no distraction. I cut my phone off I ain't cut it back on it this morning I don't think but I said that's my time with God I said it's not fair to him for me to let anything invade that time. There's other things we are adamant about, right? That won't get it. Y'all need to know, and I'm telling you now, I was on my way out. There are other things that are not negotiable in our lives. Amen. I think we got we got to get back to this now. We we've got to get back to the blood of Jesus Christ is the only reason. I'm saved and on my way. And if I can't be that humble, then I may have to suffer. You know what? And I'm telling you, if you can't get rid of anything and everything that's bombarding you, look on the back wall, it's there. Taste and see. I want you to be able to taste and see that the Lord is good and don't ever leave that spot. I want you to stand, if you will. And I'm going to read this to you. Jesus, you know, what I love about Jesus and humility. Now, me and you, see, we, we don't tap into these kind of things that the Bible teaches us. But listen to this. After all those things that Jesus went through and he did, And he stayed humble. When he was on the cross, he said, I could call 12 legions of angels to come and help me and fight for me is what he said. I could call legions of angels to come and fight for me. And you talk, I mean, really, it wouldn't have took but one angel from heaven. But he said, I could call legions. I mean this is to take care of all this but see he stayed he stayed down here I'm here to serve and I'm here to give and it wound up looking like this but that's why we're on our way to heaven and so you know I think you need to revisit the color red this Christmas I think it needs to remind you of the blood of Jesus and being more humble than you've ever been before Because I think if the Lord leaves us here for a few more weeks, days, then God wants to not only fill this church with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but he wants us to do greater things for more people, getting people saved than we've ever done before. And we can't do that without the pureness of God being pure, and we can't do it without the power of God. See, we've been doing all kinds of things in our own power. And, and it's, it's dead. I'll tell you, dead preaching, when it's, when it's me, it's dead. I, I, I can't do anything. But see, the power of God can illuminate our hearts and our ears, don't matter who's doing it. But when God's in it, he can do it. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, Talking about Jesus in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins, And everybody here, this is kind of along with the message, but maybe it doesn't seem that way. And you're going to hear me talk about this going into the fast. I want everybody here listening. If you're coming to church at some point, Uh, Maybe you're out today working or whatever. Or visitors, this is what God has laid on my heart. After today, after right now, let last week be the last Sunday. No more does God want this altar to be identified with just needs. Starting today, until we go home, God wants this altar to be And when I say altar, I mean this whole area up here. God says he wants this altar to be identified and associated with with gratitude, what God's done for you, how thankful you are for the blood of Jesus. Now that right there, that right there will tell a lot. Not to me, but it'll, it'll say a lot to the Lord. And it ought to tell you Because if you're not grateful for what Jesus done, you don't have to worry about humility. You'll have to read stories and autobiographies of people that are humble. If you're not grateful, first and foremost, for what Jesus did for you, then you're not going to be a humble person. You're not going to be a servant in giving. You'll be a professional getter. Amen? You'll be be good at, at getting, but you won't be good at giving. You won't. It, it, it literally ain't in you amen it, it literally ain't in you because you cannot have this Jesus I've talked about and not be a giver and I mean that not just money I mean you cannot be that way so starting right now this altar is associated with how grateful people are for what the Lord has done and what God can do I mean if there's needs the needs is along with, I'm grateful he shed his blood that he can save and he can heal and he deliver. And before I pray, I just wonder if anybody's grateful today. That was a good hand clap, but that wasn't the altar, y'all. Tell you what, Jerry you just play that song, we're gonna do what Angie talked about for just a minute here.
1: back to I just want you, nothing else nothing else nothing else
0: Everyone that either has a need or you represent a need, I want you to raise your hand. Father, we gather here at this altar, Lord, place of sacrifice, a place of worship, Lord. And God, it's also a place where we cast our care. And you told us to do it, Lord. You told us we could boldly approach your throne. God, you know what every hand means. You know every heart, every hurt, every decision, every bondage and every road barrier, Lord. Every everything that has to take place, Lord. God, you, you know it. You know people have deadlines, Lord. You know people need doors. Open and closed, Lord. So we gather together at this altar and we give this to you. We give all these precious people we called earlier to you, Lord. We give people that are suffering right now, God, and don't have any hope at all. God, we cry out on their behalf. I cry out, Lord, because you are the hope giver. I pray, Lord, that you would use us to serve and give. We would be humble people. I pray, God, because everybody represents many bodies, Lord. And I pray, oh God, that today, Lord, humility would be instilled in us in such a way, Lord, that we're humbled by the cross. We're humbled by the blood you shed, Lord, the pain and the agony, And, God, that's the humility that we crave, Lord. We don't just hear a message or read about it. We crave it, Lord. We want it. God, we cannot escape the thought of not having the humility of you, Jesus. God, I pray that over our church today, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would embrace it. We would not reject it, Lord. We would be, Lord, people that walk after your righteousness, Lord. Help us to be a holy people, Lord. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, for any unsaved person here or online, God. If that is you, Jesus shed that blood so that you could have forgiveness of sins. The Father looked away from Jesus on that day so he would not have to look away from you on judgment day. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I want to be saved forgive me of my sins forgive me of my wayward living forgive me of my flirting lord with my eternity lord i denounce it if you're in the building if you'll come forward we'll pray with you right now father god i give you my life i give you my all i give you my everything i want to walk in that newness of life and i want the promise And hope of eternal life if you pray this friend God will do it and he'll do it immediately old things will be passed away and everything will be new and father we pray this week Lord that we would not look at the color red we would not look at Christmas in the same light ever again we would not look at our altar at this church ever again we would not look at our worship we would not even Lord Look at our day as a casual thing, but it would be so structured with our thoughts and mind being on things above. And not on things on this earth, Lord. And Lord, when the roll is called up yonder, we will be there, Lord. So God, help me to take the Bible serious, Lord. Help me to take the good news more serious than the carnal news, Lord. Help me to take what your forecast is. And your forecast is not good for the unbeliever or the lukewarm or the half-hearted, Lord. It's not good, God. And we can't paint a good picture because you said it's not good. We have to be truth-tellers, Lord. But, God, for those of us that love you more than anything else, God, then we've got a home waiting on us. We've got a cloud of witnesses that's cheering us on right now, waiting on us to finish our course to fight the good fight so, God, help us in the name of Jesus today, Lord. Help us to do just that. And, Father, I pray that you would let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And, God, bless and keep the people. Make your face shine on them. Be gracious unto them. Lord, turn your countenance upon them. And give them peace, God, and help us today, Lord, to know that you could call us home and to be ready in Jesus' name. God's people said amen.